Here's the thing about celebrity or hero worship. People are people. The difference between him and me was literally one thing and one thing only. That he worked out about three hours a day while I did not. average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the MentorBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello and welcome to this edition of MentorBox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today we'll be talking about misogies, which... I love, and so should you. A misogy is one of the fastest ways to pivot your life. Really? Well, forever. It's a flag slammed down into new soil, a declaration of your arrival, a platform to which the rest of your never-before-seen reality is able to stand, a foundation dug out from the muck of wherever you once were. So... You may be asking, what is this mysterious misogyny? Well, first off, I want to give credit to a friend of MentorBox, Sten Morgan, for introducing me to this topic. He explains the whole concept in his book, The Seven Mindsets of Success, which is a must-read. Short, simple, epic. Go get it as soon as you're finished with this podcast. Link in the show notes. Though, again, what is a misogyny? Originally, it was a Japanese practice of cold water purification, part challenge, part meditation, part community event, part spiritual cleansing. This ritual is meant to act as a phoenix, both a death and a rebirth. Though nowadays, at least in a Western context, which is how we'll be using it today, a misogy is mostly a practice of challenging yourself to do something, anything really, that you presently deem nearly impossible. This could be a marathon, giving a public speech in front of a giant crowd, going on a silent retreat, fasting for a few weeks, or maybe a juice cleanse even, reading a book every day for a year, journaling for 30 minutes every day for a year, writing a book in one month, learning to juggle, solving a Rubik's Cube, moving to a foreign country, speaking only a foreign language for a month, making 100 cold calls every day for a week for your business, waking up at 4 a.m. every day for a month, no television for six months. There are a million different options here. The point being that if you want to change your life, if you want to kill any sniff of a victim mentality that still lives within your mind, or even if you simply want to take your life game to the next level, then I implore you to take the rest of this lesson very seriously. To take yourself seriously. Because if you do, you will by definition, unequivocally, 
never be the same again. Let me commence with a tale. My mythology. One which I completed way back in 2011 when I was but a young pup on the beginnings of my journeys towards success. After college, I moved to Guatemala to work for a hungry startup, a voluntourism travel agency, an alternative spring break company called Encountour. We built cement houses for families in remote villages in the jungles of Guatemala. Cool job, amazing experiencing. My mother, who knows me well, I might add, all mothers know their sons and daughters, yes? My mother said that after I came back from Guatemala that I was never the same that my eyes looked different. Something had changed. Something profound. As if I had seen things I could never unsee. Which was obviously, well, true. Not knocking on Guatemala, because Guatemala is a glory. I love Guatemala with all my heart and soul, and in a way, it will always be my home. It cut that deep. You should go there. Definitely visit there. But I think this goes without saying, it is a third world country. It has its industries and its economies ever growing, but it's still a third world country. And so if you've ever been to a third world country, I recommend that you go. That in and of itself, depending on where you're from, can act as a misogy. And for me, probably was. Or yes, definitely was. But even more than just experiencing that level of privilege and poverty simultaneously was that I met my roommate who would, unbeknownst to me upon first meeting, casually introduce me to a new way of thinking of which I still have never recovered. Nor do I want to. Because he was at the time and still is to this day an Iron Man. Now, if you don't know what an Ironman triathlon is, it is one of the most grueling tests of endurance currently offered to humankind. It's a two-mile swim, a 112-mile bike ride, and then a 26.2-mile marathon at the end. Absolutely 100% crazy. The best in the world finish it after eight hours of continuous physical exertion, while the average finisher takes more than 12 hours without any breaks. To say it's extreme would be an understatement. So here's the origin story. Once a year, before television had a million different channel options, before NBC Sports Network, when there was just simply NBC, before Hulu and Netflix, hell, before the internet itself, there was just a once a year showing of the Kona Ironman Triathlon World Championships. And I, Little Jonathan and my little Ohio Jonathan house of my youth was absolutely obsessed with it. I would never miss it. Every year, I would make sure that I knew when it was playing and would then watch it from end to end. Al Tratwig narrating all the best inspirational stories, the tragedy of defeat, the redemption of those who had once failed, the iron will of those who had no reason even trying, those who don't belong, those with only one leg, those pushing their sons in wheelchairs, cancer survivors, just diagnosed with ALS, pushing themselves, feeling what it feels to feel as much as possible before their muscles give out. It was and still is for me the greatest sporting event on the planet. Young and old, rich and poor, 
those who are optimizing, and those who are simply getting back on track all together in the arena of the elements, fighting together, struggling together for the greatest race on earth. I absolutely love it. You're an Iron Man now, reverberating like a heartbeat. When I was a boy, I worshipped the greats as superheroes, like Mark Allen and Dave Scott and Paula Newby Frazier. I thought then that they were impossible genetic freaks put on this planet for us mortals to admire. Or, well, so I thought. Until I made it to Guatemala and met my roommate Victor, who was, as I said, an Iron Man. Except, here's the thing about celebrity or hero worship. People are people. The difference between him and me was literally one thing and one thing only. That he worked out about three hours a day while I did not. Which, of course, is no laughing matter. Going on a four-hour bike ride is not subtle. A two-hour run in the morning is not casual. Late-night swims in the ocean, completely and utterly serious. And yet, also, simultaneously, not impossible. Not immortal. Not superhero-like. The only difference I realized was action. He literally did things that I did not do. And over time, in aggregate, his body then adapted, ultimately allowing him to continuously work out for 12 hours without stopping. And so, with this new, odd realization, I asked him, like a mouse at the time, still worried and self-conscious, though now curious, do do you think I could do an Iron Man? To which he replied boisterously, of course. And so with that, I began training. Though it wasn't for a few more months until he realized I was really taking this seriously. Many of his friends probably had said they would do one as well. So the evidence pointed towards me never doing one. Though eventually one day, after a few hours on a stationary bike, after coming back from the gym, he finally confronted me. And I'll never forget what he said for the rest of my life. My pre-knowledge of misogy, misogy lesson. Jonathan, he said, I see that you're really training now. But I have to ask, are you sure you're ready for this? To which, in my still way too young and therefore still egoic self-reaction, I responded something like, hell yeah, I'm ready, digging my heels into the sand ready for a fight. Who does this guy think I am? Like I can't do it. When I decide something, I decide to decide, right? Who is he to doubt me? Though my interpretation was completely wrong. The truth was much more, well, serious. No, no, he said. You see, the problem with doing an Iron Man is not doing the Iron Man. The problem is after the Iron Man. I curled up my lip a bit. What is that supposed to mean? The problem with completing an Iron Man is that after you finish an Iron Man, he continued, you never have any excuse for anything else in your life ever again. Because remember, if you can do an Iron Man, You can do anything. My heart sank. So you mean, I asked. 
So no more excuses, huh? He shook his head. Nope. No more excuses. Which scared the crap out of me, but also felt a little, you know, empowering, right? Gives you a bit of the chills if you really think about it. And so after I finished the Iron Man a few years later, after crying for almost the entire last mile, after two years of going to the gym of, for hours and hours and hours, hundreds, thousands of hours of solo training, pools of sweat and lonely obsession, after an epoch of my life had ended, after finally crossing the finish line, I realized then that, wow, I had done it. From childhood idolatry to an existential becoming. Jonathan Kendall, the announcer, yelled out into the ether, my loving family there waiting for me upon arrival. Jonathan Kendall, you're an Iron Man now. And so, yes, I was. And yes, I am. Now, I haven't done one since, but no matter. That's all a choice now. Because now I know. Now I know that the difference between impossible and I already did that is belief plus manifested action. Simple as that. No more, no less. Yes, the how along the way can throw you off course a bit. It won't be easy. But the truth is that any I could never do that statement is nothing more than an opportunity to prove yourself wrong. And if you do, if you prove yourself wrong, if you conduct a misogy for yourself, if you turn the needle of impossible to possible, guess what you just did? You just changed reality. You manifested it. You altered existence. You are now, after having done that, literally a new being. To be honest, sort of godlike. Because now you too have no excuses. Because now you too have so far extended out your comfort zone, so altered your previous self that the old you might as well have died. All the excuses, all the doubts, all the self-conscious worries, all the limitations, all the putrid standards you allowed yourself to live down to vanished. Poof into the air of never, ever again. Because, my friends, that Iron Man that I completed was not a finish line. It was the starting gun. It was the platform to which my current life stands. Because now, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult the challenge, be it metaphysical, existential, spiritual, physical, social, professional, or medical, I know in my soul of my heart of hearts that I can literally do anything, anything. And that feeling, I swear to any and all gods, is a gift. It is an air, a levitation, both a shield and a sword. And so, my friends, what is your misogyny? What is your impossible task that you will purposely conquer? Will it be a literal mountain that you will climb, standing on top of the world and your psyche both, looking down upon your past self in joy and appreciation for how far you've come? Or will it be kicking that habit which has been destroying you for so long? Will it be a meditation? 
a letting go, or a catching up with. No matter what it is, I want you to come up with one. And then I want you to promise to me and to yourself right now that today is the day. That you will choose to choose. Maybe it's a marathon. Maybe it's a series of dates. Hell, maybe it's a cold shower every morning like the old Japanese sages. It doesn't matter what. Because the what, remember, is only a stepping stone for the what next. But it does matter that you pick a what and then act into it. Something that you think is impossible. Something that you've always admired. Something you've always wished you could do but haven't because you weren't born with the right whatever or don't have the right whatever or have XYZ disadvantage because blah, blah, blah. Any excuse you've ever given yourself. Instead, now declare your misogy not to be impossible, but rather this time, now, to be inevitable. And then attack it like your life depends on it because, my great friends, in fact, it does. I hope that was helpful. Until next time, cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.